Hello, everyone. Welcome to Enjoy the Book of Life. We're back again with Brother Nate Bramson and here for a Grow and Shine episode, looking at how we can grow uh, in uh, the Word. So with your Grow and Shine truth, how would you or what would you say uh, cultivating a love for God's Word? What, what would that mean to you? There's a picture in the Word of God that immediately comes to my mind when I think of cultivating a love for God's Word. And cultivating, we typically think of it in a farming context, mm -hmm. but I would like to think of it in a mining context. Okay. And it's in Proverbs chapter 2, and it lays it out very clearly, and I'm not going to go through it and read the entire portion. But it, it, if you look at verses 1 through 5, um, it, it talks about the search for wisdom. And in that search for wisdom, it says in verse four, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. Now, in cultivating a love for something, we briefly mentioned in another episode that you taste and see the Lord is good. Then if we want to not so much juxtapose, but correlate it with John 14, 21, we have the Lord Jesus saying that he who has my commandments and keeps them, it's he who loves me and he who loves me, my father will love, I will love, and I will manifest myself to him. I think there's a connection here because we're tasting and we're seeing, but we're not just tasting and seeing the Lord is good and enjoying him necessarily. We're seeing he's good. The journey of enjoying and cultivating a love for his word and the one who is the word, who's Jesus Christ is then in walking in the principles of the word of God. Mm. Now, that means obedience. So it's not just enough to pray and read your Bible. It's it's read your Bible and obey. Uh, right. and, and obedience is not unto salvation. No, no, no. Salvation is completely the work of Jesus Christ and putting your faith in his finished work from beginning to end. There's no but. That's it. Yeah. And now that we're in Christ, we have the privilege of getting to share an intimacy with him. And that intimacy is through obedience to his word. Now, let me make this very clear. It's not that God's going to love you more. Mm. He already loves you with an everlasting love, an infinite love. It's that you'll enjoy his love more mm. because he showed you where he, how he manifests his love, how, 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 let's say you can walk in the way of getting to enjoy his love. And so I want to, I just want to say that cultivating a love for God's word is also uh, giving yourself the opportunity to enjoy the love of God, which is already there. So again, yeah. not loving you more, you're enjoying it more. But going back now to Proverbs 2, you seek for her like for hidden treasures. This is where, this is where I think that we, um, man, we, we can, we can oversimplify, well, not oversimplify it, but I'll explain. In our Bible study, we can go to the word of God and we can we can get something. We say, oh, man, that's good. Uh, it was good. It's the word of God. It was good. But you might find a piece of some treasure on the surface, probably not gold, but you might find something near the surface. If you find something beautiful near the surface, what half decent miner or somebody interested in precious gems says, oh, wonderful. I found a chip of ruby. I'm good. Let's go home. Yeah. Not one. They say. Bring the backhoe in, 
bring out the whatever i don't know what you use but <laughs> but you're gonna dig we're gonna dig we're gonna get everything out of the ground that's around this why because there's more if there's something on the surface there's more yeah that's like it's like that with the word of god and so actually we have another resource which uh, i didn't mention in our resource one intentionally but i i mentioned it was there but i didn't talk about it but it's called dive in there's two components to this whole cultivating a love for god's word i say first of all it's in bible study and then also in Bible marking, I'm not going to go into both right now. Uh, I'll let you prompt whatever questions you want to discuss. Mm -hmm. But within the Bible study, one of the foundational things is when you're going into a text, set a minimum of how many observations you're going to make. And so for, for me, I have this method I, I, I use for myself, but I also teach others 201051. It's not magical, but 201051. Read a text, five verses, one verse. I like to do it with one verse, but make 20 observations on that one verse. I, I can observe you right now. You're wearing glasses. You have a beard. There's a microphone in the shot. Your background is black. Just observations. Nothing deep. I'm not saying, why is your background black? I'm not saying, why are you wearing glasses? I'm not guessing what your eyesight is. I'm not guessing what kind of mic that is, although I might have an idea. But the point being is that I'm making observations. And then I go into 10 questions. I ask 10 questions. I interrogate okay. the passage. Why is David wearing glasses? Why does he have a beard? Because if you ask me why I have a beard, I actually have a reason for why I have a beard. I'm not, don't just have a beard because I think it's all stylish. You know, you can clearly see up on the top that I'm not too caring about style. But I live in a part of the world where a beard serves me very well, culturally speaking. Mm -hmm. And it also opens up a lot more doors for religious conversation. So you didn't know that, but you should ask the question, why does yeah. he have a beard? So why does it compare it to hidden treasures? What is a treasure? And then we go to five. Five is take all your observations in your interrogation and spend five minutes in silence, just looking over them and asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Hmm. What do you want me to glean from this? And before you get up from that Bible study, before your rear end gets off the seat, what is one takeaway? What can I take away from this text that is intended to change my life today? Not just a nice concept, but an actual practical application. So yeah. 2010, 5-1. But the, the, the point is, your question, cultivating a love for the word of God. It's not something that just happens. It's something that is pursued. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with that idea of, I, I like how you're saying that one thing before I leave Make mm -hmm. sure I don't leave and be like the man who looks in the mirror. Right. I've got the dirt on my face and I leave and I forget all about it. Making right. sure I, I take that time and and I allow the word to be applied to me, the washing of the word, as it says. And yeah. and I like how you're saying that with with this love, cultivating a love is actually um an enjoyment of his love it's not not gaining more love but mm -hmm. it's it's a deeper enjoyment it, it's a growing in intimacy where i can actually i'm i'm getting closer to him um, right rather than uh him getting closer to me right we draw near yes. to god yes yes near to you yeah precisely precisely i mean we're both married and we we know that in our relationship with our wife where it's similar in cultivating, it's not that we don't already love our wife, but imagine we say, ah, I love her enough. Like, that's good. Right. Um, like That's going to be a terrible marriage, and yeah. it's not going to be. And a, a descending marriage. 
Very like, much so. If we said, okay, you know, we've been together for so many years. All right, now we can just plateau and ride it out for the rest next decade on the love that we've cultivated. That's well, no, right. it 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 would it would start moving down day after very day. rapidly. Yeah, very <laughs> rapidly. And, and the other thing is, I don't read God's word and just say, okay, what do I need to obey? No, I read God's word to see His heart. Mm. I want to see the heart of God. Why would my God say that? Why would he take the time to communicate that? Why would he have a prophet or whoever it might be, a scribe, write that down? And that's important, too, because with my wife, I don't wake up in the morning and think, oh, what do I have to do for my wife? No, I I, I do think, though, how can I please my wife? How can I, I live in such a way as her husband to bring joy to her, to bring a, a facility, a, a, like a, an ease, I guess you could say, um, to her day. And so same thing with the Lord. When I read his word, I'm not, I don't see it as like a burden. I see it as this view of like cultivating a love for the word of God. To me, it's it's the inside scoop on the heart of God. And now I get to live it. Uh, yeah. At least I'm invited to. So yeah, it's exciting. It's not it's not a burden. It's because again, my salvation is not in my obedience. Right. So right. this is now a privilege in walking in it. Yeah, I like the the comparison made in Hebrews 12. It talks about Mount Sinai, which was a very the burdensome command where, where commandments came. It was the the mountain that could not be touched. Amen. And, and but we we don't go to that mountain. We we come to Mount Zion. Well, we're still climbing a mountain, um, but it's right. the mountain where we're we're actually getting closer to Him. Uh, we're, mm -hmm. we're nearing him as as we go on this following uh, yeah. the one who went before us, like it says at the beginning of the chapter. Mm. So yeah, how would right. you, you you were talking about uh, spending time in the word of God and you were talking about some study methods. Right. And uh, I wanted you to go a little bit more into this. How is uh, this idea of cultivating a love for him really? Uh, you kind of mentioned how it relates to our time in the word. Um, how would it differ? Uh, so if someone who says, okay, I, I, I sit and I read my Bible every day, but I don't feel necessarily that I'm cultivating this, this relationship. Um, how, how would you say those two things, just sitting and reading my Bible versus cultivating a love for God's word? How are those different? Right. We have to define our terms. Because love, what is love, period? If I'm cultivating a love for the Lord. And I need to, I need to make the, the clear differentiation between um, feelings and my faith because love does not always line up with feelings. In fact, mm. oftentimes, and maybe we could even say most of the time, it doesn't. So you take an example that we love to take at weddings and and any kind of romantic event from scripture, and we throw 1 Corinthians 13 in there. Well, well how, does, how does it begin the description of love? Love suffers long and is kind, and love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Uh, it, it, when you look at what love is, love is not this, oh, man, I'm just like, this is making life just all easy. Yeah. No, yeah. love usually entails suffering because love involves death of your own desire oftentimes. Um, so now, obviously, as you walk with the Lord, many times our desires are completely intertwined. 
but it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean the flesh likes it. So I think when we're talking about cultivating a love for the Lord and love for his word, it's not always like, oh man, I just can't wait to get up. Now, with that being said, I also want to say that you do you do come to a point of seeing how beautiful the word of God is. And I, I get up at a, just, I don't need to give details here, but I get up at a very early time and I get excited about getting up. Like I get excited about my alarm going off typically uh, because I I love getting up knowing that I get to go spend time with the, the Lord in his word before anybody else in the house is up and they're not gonna be up anytime soon. And it's exciting for me. That's the I adore my kids, but it's a highlight of my day is being just in that quiet place with the Lord. Mm. So I will say that there is just an absolute beauty to it. In fact, even the night before, you know, knowing I need to get a certain number of, uh, of hours of sleep, like, you know, it, there's nothing sad in me to say, oh, I need to leave this, you know, evening gathering because I need to go and be in bed shortly after my kids go to bed. They go to bed at like 730. I'm going to bed shortly after so I can get my hours in and and get up at the right time. So anyway, yeah. the, the point being is that there it does cultivate that as well. But even if it doesn't for someone listening, I think that's my point. Even if that you're not there, that's that's not necessarily the beginning of love. So I married into an Indian culture. My wife is born and raised in Texas. So she's Indian background, but Texan by birth. Um. Anyway, all that to say is there's still a lot of Indian influence around the family. And many... Yeah of my well even my my in-laws but many of the generation above her they're arranged marriages mm. and these arranged marriages when they got married if you see them now when they've been married 30 40 years many of them you can just tell they really love each other and and it's obvious and they enjoy each other and it's it's sweet not all of them but many at the same time when they first got married they didn't even know each other they mm. some of them met on a wednesday some of them had a Zoom call even more recently, like some of the this generation, and they flew over there and they had their engagement and they got married on Saturday. I mean, it's just like, boom. Wow. So what does love look like? Did they not love their spouse? No, they made a commitment to love. But love at the beginning wasn't a, I'm all excited to be with you. It was, I need to get to know you. But then it trans translated eventually into, wow, I just want to spend more time with you. Oh, I love walking life with you. And, and so I think with the Lord, it's it's a very similar thing where we know who he is we trust him our faith is in him but as we cultivate that uh time in the word um let's just say the word changes us and it shows us that he is altogether lovely and that uh there is no one like him and so i guess i guess i just want to clarify if somebody's listening then they don't they say i'm just not there that's okay you keep walking and digging into the word finding the treasures there asking what what does this thing tell me about the heart of God? What does he want from me? And the journey will only continue into deeper intimacy or, as you said, up the mountain. Yeah, yeah. Now, in your the book there, you you yes. is this kind of uh, a walk through your journeys, things you learned that that you've applied, or is this is something yeah. that that's easily applicable to the the reader? This is all applicable. So it's very, it, it is a, a method that like over time, just, you know, bits and pieces here and there. And so this is now what I just kind of, when I say settled on as of right now, this is what, you know, I, I would teach young men in discipleship or, or peer, people period, like in a seminar. So it's just, it's easy. It's 24 pages. There's even practice pages in here. It's all laid out very, 
um, colorfully and creatively. In the first half, I know you can't see with the blurred background there. Sometimes it just disappears. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you can, again, download this for free. And we'll make sure that uh, on the Into Your Bible link that's below, um, if you write us, we'll send you the PDF of it if you can't find it for any reason. But, um, but what I was going to say is, yeah, the, the first half really is just focus on the explaining the Bible study method and then giving you some practice examples. For instance, I take uh, Psalm 119 verse 105 and, you know, make 20 observations and 10, 10 questions and whatnot. So, again, it just kind of walks you through how to do that type of Bible study. And again, it's great to teach others, but also to do in groups. And then the second half is really, I think, it's not that you have to do it, but the principles behind it are very useful. So during COVID days, there was uh, an assembly or a group of churches, I'm not sure what it was, that organized a seminar. And they asked me to speak on Bible marking because they know that I love marking the text. Now, there's pros and cons to marking, and I absolutely get that. And in some cultures, I don't even carry my marked Bible. I carry a, a Bible with no markings in it because they see that as disrespect. So I get it. There's two sides yeah. to it. But I see a great value in in marking, but marking with intentionality. Um, and, and let me go back to that example in Proverbs chapter 2. So it talks about seeking for her wisdom, like for hidden treasures. Who digs and starts finding treasures and then at the end of the day says, okay, now I'm going to cover it all back up and tomorrow I'll start over. Right, no, they leave right, the hole yeah. and they come back and pick up where they left off. Mm -hmm. That's the idea here. So as we're reading the word of God, I want to put down markers in the ground. I want to say, I see this. Like, so whether it's, uh, again, yeah, I, I, I have it all laid out here. This is actually even a, a bookmark you can pull out, but um, there's basically eight different things to look for and the idea is using color color combinations for that and then in addition to that each book would have other major topics that you might want to highlight and connect like when i read through the book of proverbs there's like 35 different i run out of colors so i have to start using like circles and triangles yeah. and all kinds yeah. of things right <laughs> but the point being is it helps me because then when i'm going through it okay i want to see you know uh contrast between all the fear of the lords and that one fear fear of man and so anyway the point being is that uh, this bible marking journey actually helps you be able to pick up where you left off not going off of old notes but being able to dig deeper on the observations you've already made so again is it necessary? Not, no, but it's helpful, at least for yeah. me and for many others. So this little booklet walks you through it all. It's just like a work booklet. It's not a textbook. It's like 24 pages again and uh, very uh, useful. I, another thing I want to say, if you're a counselor at a camp and you're going to um, you know, be sharing devotions all week, I encourage you. Again, I'm not trying to sell you anything. You can download it and make your own copies or we'll send you a pack of 10. Um but the point is you can spend one night or one morning and teach everyone how to study the word of God on their own. Yeah. And they can take home something which not only gives them practice sheets, but also teaches, like walks them through. So if they forget something, they can literally just go back and do it. And I love this because there are new believers who have never studied God's word that pick this up and find it so thrilling. God speaks to me. Yeah, and that yeah. he'll could, and the only thing is they're just taking the time to listen because yeah. if you're going to find twenty observations, you got to take the time to listen. And nothing makes me, I think, more excited than when I, I do this at some camps. By the way, uh, I'll I'll lead an afternoon Bible study 
where they do the full Bible study using this method in small groups, four or five people. Yep. And then uh, at the end, we'll have like maybe the groups like share some some thoughts. Whatnot. And then I'll get up and I'll give a five minute message on the passage that they studied just as though they hadn't studied it. And then somebody will come up and say, I can't believe it. I saw everything you shared before you even shared it. I'm yeah, like, exactly. You yeah. you don't need like you don't have to have somebody coming in and breaking down for you. The Lord will communicate to you. So it's just God. God's not playing favorites. He gives different right. gifts, but he's not playing favorites. He will speak to whoever will listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a, a Bible study here and it was, it was similar. We, we had different activities. I have four activities that each person would do. So they'd look look for those observations, uh, which were the, um, you know, repeated important words, phrases, and ideas uh, and unexpected. And Ooh. so they, their first 15 minutes, all you get to do is look for any anything that stands out and then they get 15 minutes and they just ask questions they're not they're not investigating the questions yet just to ask the questions and i would say genuine questions these are questions that you truly honestly have you're not just trying to meet a quota because i set a minimum as well i said you have to come up with this many i don't have any questions no the questions are there you have to go find them that you you have to look for the questions and so so they I have to push them a little bit at, at the beginning with that and then um the the third one was connections mm-hmm. so uh how does the this text relate to other texts because the bible is a whole body of truth how does this yeah. text relate to the world around me because the the word of god is practical and how does this text relate to me personally because mm-hmm. the word of god is applicable and so they'd spend 15 minutes on that. And then the last 15 minutes was like a general comprehension where the passage we were going through, uh, they need to draw a picture of the passage. And mm. I, get a, I get a little pushback on that at the beginning first because they're like, I'm not an artist. I said, I don't care about, you know, you can do stick men for all I care. But the idea behind that is you can't draw a picture of something you don't understand. So, so like that. Uh, the first time we ever did it was the first 17 verses of John and first 17 verses of John, you've got, you know, the word who is God and was with God and who became man, who's also the true light led before by the forerunner, right? All that, you know, is in the first 17 verses. So to draw a picture of that, and I say, you have to draw a picture of the whole passage, fit the whole thing into your picture. And they all do it differently. They're like, how, how do you want me to do it? I said, do it however you want. Some are very abstract. Some do it almost like a comic strip. But I say you have to draw everything in a picture. Wow. And the point is, by the time you start your picture, you understand the passage because you've put the thought into trying to formulate it. But so we do that 15 minutes per activity. And then we talk about it for about an hour. And we didn't have a problem. These A lot of these folks who had never spent mm-hmm. time studying the word of God, That's there right. was no struggle to talk about it for an hour because they all had a list of questions. They all had a list of connections. They all had pictures to share and explain their thinking behind it because they had right. all studied it. And I would find, you know, I'm leading the study. I, I'd hardly say a thing. And, and they were all just sharing what, what the Lord that. had taught them. I love that. Uh, I, I Do you have that? Um, do you have it all like written down in a, yes. okay. I would love to, I would love to see that. And one thing I'll say, and it's kind of, it'd probably be very 
true of what yours does as well. If you do it in like a small, small portion of scripture, 17 verses might be a little exaggeration on this, but I find that like, for instance, the 2010 if you do it on, I like to do one verse, like I said, so we'll do Bible studies on like zoom with one verse and we, um, but everyone in it by the end, I, and I don't tell them the first time I say, okay, now, you know, close your Bible. Now I'll call out somebody quote the verse for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and, and they'll, they'll say, okay, hang on. And they have to think through it because they don't have it. No, 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 no. They didn't memorize it like a kindergartner. Yeah. They have to, okay, this, and then this, and then this, and they could all write it out for you. They can all write it out. So they all have it memorized in long memory form, which is amazing. Yeah. And next day they still have it. They might not have it word for word, but they can write out the verse. Yeah. Um, Virtually perfect. And so I I say, hey, if you want to memorize a chapter of scripture, you know, you don't have to do it for your, all your study, but just do it for just the memorization memorization part, and you'll memorize the entire. You'll memorize whatever you do that to. If you if you find twenty observations on one verse, ask Tango, you're gonna you're gonna know it. Wow, so wow, it's kind of a freebie. Yeah, yeah. Now, how long would you spend? Uh, you when you talk about the the verse, how long of a time frame? Would, and it, would it change per day by the verse, or would you be about? If, you, if, if I do one verse that way, it takes about, uh, well, if I'm doing it by myself, it's faster. So if I do it by myself, um, it'll take about 20 to 20 to 30 minutes. If I do it as a group, typically it's 30 to 40 minutes. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, it's not, um, it, yeah, it, because I mean, the more you do it, it's just, it's like anything you do in life. The more you do it, the quicker observations yeah. jump out, right? You know, same, exact same with what yeah, with our study, people, we'd be reading through it. The initial read through, they're already starting to underline and circle. And there's, there, and then by the time we're done exactly. with the first, they're already asking questions that I have to say, no, stop, hang on. Not yet, not yet. You yeah. got to wait. Yeah, exactly. I love that, though. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, and it, man, I, I just, I get so excited with all these approaches because one thing I'll tell you all day, this is not, this is not the best approach. It's an approach. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Find one that works. Find one. And the one that works is the one you'll do. Right. And yes, right. people like to say, I mean, you've heard this, you know, what's the best version of the Bible to read? The one you'll read. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, right. Um, so not saying I don't have opinions on translations, but yeah. The, the, yeah, the point carries across. So, yeah, that's beautiful. So, so while we're talking about this idea of cultivating a love for God's word, what would you say are some of the biggest obstacles that you've seen either with yourself or with others uh, in in this cultivation, and how can we avoid those? I think one that's a great question, by the way. And so i I will say that my answers are coming off of the top of my head. So I might think of much better ones after we, you know, close this podcast. But I'll say what I say right now. Um, one that does come right away is, um, let me say this clearly here we can stop the journey because we don't understand something or we think that it's over our head or we have so many questions that seem unanswered Mm. and we get frustrated instead of amazed by our God. Mm. So I would encourage you, not you, but you as in whoever is listening when you come to the things that you don't understand, rather than being frustrated, get excited. Because what you're coming to is you're coming to the depths. 
you're coming to the things that um not necessarily mysteries of god because it's actually a a title in scripture for certain things yeah. but it's certainly a, a special thing so ask the questions um and at the same time keep going mm-hmm. don't don't just stay where you're at because sometimes the questions you're asking only become clear when you see it in the light of the whole and not even the light of the whole book the light of the whole word of god and so i encourage you just keep going through the word of god keep going through the word of god and and eventually the very passages that whether you wrestled with them or you just thought they were boring they're eventually going to come to a place where you start to see wow how they fit in and the beauty that they contribute to the word of god so i from that cultivation the other thing is when the word of god is not a priority in our life then Mm. the word of god doesn't fit into life like you have to you have to choose to make it that priority uh old northern irish dude i was speaking at some little uh cottage uh, like 45 young people kind of on a weekend and this this man ran the place and um he said to me something i never forgot he said no bible no breakfast no bible no bed and that was his principle for living and his point was Mm. if i haven't eaten from the word of god why would i eat physical food i'm not ready for it yet and if I haven't eaten the word of God at nighttime, I'm not ready for sleep. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I'm not saying that in a legalistic way, but the principle is great. The principle is man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which comes from the mouth of the Lord. And so that's uh, that's something I would also say derails that journey of enjoying um, enjoying the intimacy with God through cultivation of a love for his word. And that is that we just don't prioritize it. We don't see it. And the other thing is don't make it your time with God. Don't have a time with God. God is your, he, the Lord Jesus is your life. Colossians Mm. chapter three, verse three, you died and he's your life. And so enjoy the word of God permeating every aspect of your life. It doesn't mean you're sitting there in quiet time all day. You're not right. Allow the word of God to permeate every aspect of your life. I think that's another thing that, that derails us when we don't see how it applies to everything. It's not your time in the day. It is your fuel for everything that you do throughout the day as well. Yeah. It's the, the meditation. The yes. day and night of, of Psalm 1. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I think some some excellent starting points for, for folks. Uh, a, again, a, a good resource. Uh, I think these are some good directions for people to go in. So thank you so much for sharing with Thanks us. Thank you for asking and for listening. Mm-hmm.